Welcome to the Overflow Unplugged podcast. Our goal is to have helpful conversations around the real questions that college students and young adults are asking. Every episode, we intend to encourage you, challenge you, and equip you to thrive as you learn to navigate life and become who God made you to be. Our hope is that today's conversation helps you to take another step in your walk with God. This week, we're sharing part one of a Q&A series on friendship. We asked you guys on Instagram what questions you have about friendship, and you didn't hold back. So we're excited to dive in today. If you think this conversation would be helpful to people you know, we'd love for you to share a screenshot of this episode and tag us on social media. Well, let's go ahead and jump into part one of our friendship Q&A. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Overflow Unplugged podcast. I'm your host, Zach Canby, and I'm here today with Clay Everett. Hey guys. And Maddie Gosley. Hi. We are your college ministry staff here at Port City Community Church. And today we are diving into a Q&A about friendship. Yeah. We just finished up a friendship series at Overflow last night, Mm -hmm. True Friends. And it was really great. We've had a lot of really great conversations Mm -hmm. come out of the past three weeks. And it's been really helpful for me in my life and Mm -hmm. uh, helping me to think about friendships and things that I need to do and ways that I need to grow and uh, relationships I need to invest more in. And so it's been really helpful for me. So Mm -hmm. I hope it's been helpful for our students and young adults. So on Instagram the other day, we asked for people's questions about friendship, because even though we did a series for three weeks, we know that still people have a lot of specific questions that we couldn't always fit into a 30, 40 minute message. Yeah. They probably have more questions now. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, it's (laughs) like when you, when you talk about how friendships should be, it's a, it's a nice overall thought, you know, but when you get down to like actual real, what do I do in this situation is where it gets really difficult. Mm -hmm. Uh And what we know is none of the three of us staff are professional friends you know, we're, we're definitely mm-hmm. not perfect friends. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we're not speaking to you guys today as professionals, but honestly, as people who are seeking to see in Wilmington as in heaven. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're seeking to try and do relationships right the way that God's called us to live. Yeah. And so we're not speaking as people who are perfect, but we're mm-hmm. speaking as people who are trying to follow Jesus. Yeah. And mm-hmm. love the way that he's called us to love. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so... Yeah, we're still um, wrestling with a lot of this mm-hmm. personally, you know, mm-hmm. in all of our relationships. So we're right in this with you. We're figuring this out together. But that's the way it's supposed to be, right? I Is think so. Together as a community, we're learning to love the way that Jesus loves. Yeah. So let's do this. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so first I'm just going to hit us with some rapid fire questions um, because a lot of the questions that have come up, I feel like we can answer pretty quickly with just the framework that we've already set out with True Friends. And then we're gonna dive into some categories of questions that I think is gonna be really interesting and really helpful for you guys listening. So, okay, question number one. Uh, What is God's view of friendship? Big question. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that we've, we've seen is that God's view of friendship is that friendship is essential. Mm. Yeah. Like it's not an additional thing. It's not a, a side to our relationships with him. It's actually his intent for us yeah. to live life in friendships. Yeah. 
And then, you know, we went ahead and said, we think God's kind of vision for friendship is this idea of true, hmm. of friends that are truthful and restorative and understanding hmm. and enduring. Yeah. We pulled that from the Proverbs, and we think that's a good picture, anyways, mm-hmm. of how God views what a, what a true friend really is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think a, a really cool thing that I've been thinking a lot about with friendship is a book that C.S. Lewis wrote called The Four Loves. And it's talking about the four kind of loving relationships that we can have in our lives, and that's uh, romantic love, it's familial love, like loving your family, Mm -hmm. it's neighborly love, like loving the people that are directly um, around you, and friendship love. And the Mm -hmm. thing that it talks about is how interesting friendship love is because friendship is not intuitive because there's not like blood connecting us together or a covenant or, well, we're next door neighbors. And so we've got to look out for each other. It's what's tying us together is this bond that we have to be committed as friends. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's also what makes friendship hard because there's not a a set of rules necessarily Mm -hmm. set out for what it looks like to be a friend or Mm -hmm. to be a perfect friend. And we all have different expectations of what that means. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I think throughout scripture, we're given a really good idea of what it means to be a good friend, a true friend. And that's why true was, was so helpful. But also like the cool thing about true friends is that we get to see that Jesus was the true friend. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He was truthful. He was restorative. He was understanding and he did endure till the end. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's, it's not like a scripture gives us a, a perfect, like, here's the, the passage on friendship that just right. really lays it all out. Right. But I think we can really understand what it means to be a true friend by how Jesus lived his life. Mm-hmm. And if we can learn to imitate that and as we're growing closer to Jesus, I think we become a truer friend mm-hmm. to the people around us. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think that gives us a really good snapshot mm-hmm. what it means to be a friend. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, next question. Uh, how to build trust in friendship? This is also a big question, Um, but I think the most simple answer is that you have to be open. You have to be vulnerable with your friends. Um, And I'm not talking about ones who are hurting you, um, but the ones that you feel like you're ready to crash the surface with, who you feel like they can hold you um, in places where might feel really broken that you haven't let anyone in. I think that when you go there with someone and they they receive that and they can just sit with you in it, you start to gain like relational equity with someone mm. where um, you, it's this exchange, right? Like I will kind of offer where I'm at and the other person offers where they're at yeah. and you, you start to gain this trust and it mm. happens slowly. I don't think it's going to happen yeah. in a moment, but you can identify, I can identify in my friendships, like little moments where I'm like, ah, that is where trust was just earned. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of beautiful, but it takes time. Yeah, mm. for sure. When I think of trust, I think of a trust fall, yeah. <laughs> right? Where you stand and you mm-hmm. just like fall into someone's arms. You trust they're going to catch you. Mm-hmm. And like, that's scary. I don't like yeah. that. Um, but the reality is, yeah, I think you build trust over time and you build trust over time as you are truthful, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so it's not that you have to just um, dive um, right. into someone's arm from you know 20 feet above and hope they can catch you know, and support mm-hmm. the weight. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's, it's being truthful over time and sharing more and being more vulnerable Mm -hmm. and open and honest over time. And that builds trust. Yes. Yeah. That was, that was our tagline for T for true was we're truthful for the sake of trust. Mm -hmm. And so 
we're not just truthful to hurt other people or to just mm-hmm. put our feelings out there mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. to win an argument. Right. We're, we're truthful yeah. for the sake of building trust. Yeah. So yeah. that's how we build trust over mm-hmm. time by consistently mm-hmm. showing up truthful yeah. and, and looking to restore yeah. in those conversations. Mm-hmm. Next rapid fire question. How can you be open with each other rather than talking behind each other's mm-hmm. back? I mean, it's such a temptation to do yeah. that, right? Mm-hmm. When someone hurts you or annoys you, it's easier to say something behind their back. It's, it's easier to talk about them yeah. than to talk to them. Yeah. yeah. I had a friend in college uh, who was committed to this, mm-hmm. committed to not talking behind someone's back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, if we were in a car and someone started talking about someone else and they weren't there, he said, hey, y'all, they're not here. We shouldn't talk about them. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. dang, that's it. Like, mm-hmm. you just got to be committed to it. Yeah. Like, you yeah. say, hey, I'm not going to talk about my friends behind their back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so easy to do that it almost happens naturally. And so yeah. I think we have to have a, a counter to that. To say, sure. I'm not going to do that. Sure. And I think when you commit to that, you actually find freedom in that. Because yeah. when you yeah. talk about someone behind their backs, you never feel better about it. Right. Um, you actually probably get more bitter. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. And so, yeah, I think you got to commit to that one. Yeah. And then you just got to do it. Yeah, I think it's easy for me to feel like I'm not talking behind someone's back because I'm such an external processor. So sometimes it's it's easy for me to say like, oh, yeah. I'm just I'm just processing what I'm thinking. Right. But I think it's so important to remember that if your conversation about someone is not directly helping you to have a conversation with that person, yeah. mm-hmm. then you shouldn't be having that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you're not looking to seek like counsel mm-hmm. and advice and yeah. how to have a conversation with someone, then what you're saying about them to the other person is probably destroying them. It's mm-hmm. not building them up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we're called to build each other up in love. So yeah. if you're having a conversation that's not building someone up in love mm-hmm. um, and it's not helping you to have a conversation where you're doing that, then yeah. you probably just shouldn't be having that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was a teacher before this mm-hmm. and, um, my principal who I worked underneath was probably one of the most influential people in my life. He's incredible and just very wise. And so whenever I found myself in his office complaining about something, Clay actually taught on Matthew 18 in one of the, was it the second week? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, where, where Jesus says, um, you go to that person. And if I would ever bring up someone else's name in a meeting, he would say, have you talked to them? Mm-hmm. And if my answer was no, he'd say, then I, I think that's your first step. Mm-hmm. And it was just so um, <laughs> profound because it's not my first inclination, yeah, right. but it should be my first step. Yeah. And just to be encouraged in that. And like, Clay, what you were saying, just being committed to that. Mm-hmm. Like, as a group of friends, like, decide. Like, this is yeah. what we're going to do. Right. And I think openness is so hard. When you say, like, we're going to be truthful with each other, that means that you're also probably going to hear truth. That's yeah. going to be hard. Sure. Um, and I think you just got to be willing to go there because it just makes such a difference in your relationships. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Next question. How do you get past surface-level friendships? I think we've already discussed it a little bit. I think it is being truthful, mm-hmm. being truthful over time. Mm-hmm. And when you have difficult things that happen in your relationships, you seek to restore those things. Mm-hmm. And I, I think maybe this is a, a helpful one where, where you really comes in for understanding, uh, is seeking to understand, not when you disagree on something, but maybe looking to understand someone when you disagree mm-hmm. yeah. with them. Right. You know, like that's how you can really get past the surface because you can you're starting to really try and see someone beyond just how you want to see them, mm. you know, yeah. and to, to learn what's really going on underneath. And mm. I had a, a really cool conversation this week with someone who 
just grew up in a completely different context than me. And it gave me such a greater appreciation for why they are the way that they are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that we're always going to see things the same way, but it gives me understanding of of how they're different and and why they're different. That's interesting because when I think of surface level, I think of like interests that you share or like hobbies that you share. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, we play golf every week together. We Mm -hmm. talk about football together. It's yeah. It's the places where you kind of line up and where you connect. Sure. But going deeper than that is some of the places where you don't understand each other yet or where there are differences. Mm -hmm. And that's really cool. That's it's taking that friendship below surface level. Yeah. Yeah. I think from a female point of view, I think we love to stay surface level when there are things that we don't want people to know about us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Instead of just like, oh, we're just going to go hang out and do whatever. Um, I think what I what I find the most is when I'm staying on the surface is I usually have something to say. Mm. And with my friends, crashing the surface means asking questions. Mm. So it means like what Clay was talking about last mm. night, you get intentional. And you keep pressing in now, not pressing into the point that's harmful, yeah. but um, like, hey, I'm in it with you. Yeah. We're doing this together. You will crash the surface if you ask questions. Yeah. yeah, I think one way that we can grow beyond like surface level friendships is using those opportunities when someone says, hey, how are you? To actually maybe really answer the question yeah. and not mm-hmm. just be like, good. Yeah. Or I'm, or I'm busy, but good. <laughs> mm-hmm. No. Okay. Yeah. But like, really? Okay. But, but how are you? So maybe it's the asking again, yeah. you know, like we've talked about that before, uh-huh. Clay. It's like, hey, how are you? Good. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Well, how how are you really? <laughs> yeah. You know, um, if you mm. are good, then like, tell me, like, what mm. makes that, like, what's going on that's good right now? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and a lot of times when you really ask that question, it's kind of like, oh, well, maybe I'm actually not good. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. well, I've got this going on and I've got this going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's how you're able to be at that place that we talked about last time where you can rejoice with those mm. who rejoice. Yeah. Like if someone has a lot of really good things going on, you celebrate. Mm-hmm. Like, man, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And if they have difficult things going on, it, it gives you that space to step in and to meet them there in that place. And so, yeah, I think uh, asking more pointed questions yeah. is so helpful. Yeah. Uh, and to even like stick on a question if you need to. Mm-hmm. Like, or really, how are you? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And the thing is, is sometimes like you just have friends that, yeah, are just, they kind of put up a wall. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, a a way that you can break past that is to share something personal yourself. Mm -hmm. And if you share something personal yourself, it a lot of times creates a little bit of a void Mm -hmm. uh, where there's like, there's a space to be filled. If I just shared something that I'm kind of learning or that's difficult in my life, it kind of creates a natural open door for someone else to share something. Yeah. And I have to remind myself on both sides like sometimes I'm the one who comes and asks the the questions and that's really great and that's really helpful but sometimes I find myself being the one who's avoiding answering those questions someone's like how are you really and I'm like I'm good (laughs) really good I'm like really good and um I I have to remember for myself that's an opportunity to say okay no I can I can actually choose to be honest right now Mm. and Mm. this isn't going to hurt me this is going to help this this friendship that I'm in right now Mm-hmm. Okay, our next question is, how do you honestly hold each other accountable? Mm. We're just here with all these easy questions to come <laughs> out strong. This is one of my favorite questions. I'm going to jump in and say that um, the only way to truly hold someone accountable is for them to um, hold themselves accountable. Yeah. And what I mean by that is the actual term accountability or accountable 
is uh, it's kind of like a business term, right? There's accounting, and yeah. if you're in, in college, you're taking accounting right now. We'll I'm pray sorry. for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but accounting is where an uh, organization um, uh, opens up their books and says, this is what's really going on on the inside. Accounting shows what's really happening, and that's that's what we do. We are we allow ourselves to be held accountable when we open ourselves up. So mm. This is what's really going on, on the inside. And then, as a friend, when someone allows themselves to be held accountable, then it's simply just that it's the asking questions. So they've said, "Hey, this is what's really going on," and then you you come back and you check in. You say, yeah. "Hey, how's that going now? Yeah. What's going on now?" Because ultimately, like, um, you can't fix your friend. Right. Um, your friend has to do that work themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so I think that's the key is like, we have to make ourselves accountable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's the idea of, of the you of understanding yeah. of, um, there's an understanding to which I'm going to investigate. I'm going to dig in. I'm going to get to know you. Sure. I'm going to kind of crash the surface in that way. There's also an understanding that I'm going to let myself be understood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's where true account- accountability happens is when you, let someone in to see what's really going on on the yeah. inside. Sure. And then you got to stay consistent with that with each other. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so the last rapid fire question that I have is what is the difference between biblical friendship and worldly friendship? I think we kind of already uh, addressed that. Of There's not like a passage in the Bible that says specifically like, hey, here's what it means to be a biblical friend but I do think we've been given a model mm-hmm. and a mindset to being a friend when we look at the life of Jesus. And mm-hmm. so when we can look at Jesus as a guide, yeah, we know and we can see relationships that we're holding to a standard of the way that God's called us to live. Mm-hmm. And we can see ways that we're, we're not doing that, mm-hmm. you know? So, I'm not quite sure what the the context is for the person who's asking this question, but I'd say from my perspective, like a biblical friendship would be you trying to love someone the way that God has called you to love that person. Mm. Yeah. Well, and we know that Jesus turns everything kind of upside down. Sure. Right. So I don't know, maybe a, a, a worldly friendship is a friendship where love is defined by how they make me feel. Yeah. or mm-hmm. what someone can do for me. Right. Mm-hmm. But biblical friendship, I would say, is defined by Jesus. And I think we quoted this passage before in our podcast, John 15, 13, greater mm-hmm. love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Yeah. And so a biblical friendship is love defined by um, how I lay down my life for my friends, how I um, love my friends, how I um, sacrifice for my friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not what can my friends do for me, but it's what can I do for my, my yeah. friends. Yeah. yeah, And that's a different picture of love than what the world is going to express yeah. when they're simply looking to receive mm. and to get. Yeah. In friendship, we, we give. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I think sometimes we like to define biblical friendship and worldly friendship on who follows Jesus better and who's not mm. following Jesus. Yeah. Um, so like maybe you would consider someone who doesn't follow Jesus a worldly friendship mm. and someone who does a biblical friendship. But I think what Clay is saying is exactly w- what's true is a worldly friendship is self-serving, yeah. self-seeking. Yeah. Um, but you can also exhibit being a biblical, quote, biblical friend yeah. in someone who doesn't know Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that is where the where things are going to change. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I do want to say, too, I think that there's probably a lot of Christian cliques out there that are operating as 
more of worldly friendships than biblical friendships. Because when Christian groups get really clicky and really exclusive and and even catty, I've been in those groups before where uh, mm-hmm. like a, a group of friends is exclusive and they're mean to each other and they're mm-hmm. talking behind each other's back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would go and argue and say like, even though we were a bunch of believers yeah. and we were yeah. trying to grow individually, we were not exhibiting biblical friendship the yeah. way yeah. that Jesus would want us to be friends. Right. Yeah. We were living from a worldly perspective with this banner of like, oh, but we're Christian. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of, we'll, we'll talk more about toxic friendships in a little bit, but yeah. to me, that's a big red flag and, mm-hmm. and far too common yeah. in, in the church and in Christian circles is toxic Christian friends. Mm. Yeah. So good. But it's cool that we were just talking about this idea of worldly versus biblical friendships because we got several questions that go under this category of friends that don't understand your walk. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to ask some of these before we dive into some of these other topics because I feel like this is actually really helpful mm-hmm. for a lot of our listeners. Yeah. So the first question is, how do you handle friends who don't understand your relationship with God? Hmm. Yeah, I think some understanding in this question is helpful because I think the reality in our culture today is that more and more of our friends and peers who don't consider themselves to be followers of Jesus, they aren't going to understand your relationship with God. Yeah. Right. There was a context at one point, um, kind of this Christendom um, context where kind of everyone understood Christianity to some extent. Sure. Um, And so if you consider yourself a Christian, everyone kind of understood what that meant. Well, we're getting further and further away from that. Mm-hmm. Um, in kind of this post-Christian culture we live in, there's going to be people who, who didn't grow up in church, don't follow Jesus, don't um, understand or have a relationship with God, and they're just not going to understand your relationship with God. Like, yeah. it's going to seem foreign, yeah. right? Um, and the reality is that the more we grow in our walk with Jesus, the more our life is going to be countercultural. Yeah. We're going to live distinct. And so there's a, there is going to be a gap of understanding and I don't think you have to be afraid of that gap. No, mm. actually there's a beautiful things that happen in that gap. Yeah. Um, in the book of first Peter, there's a passage and he talks about um, living in such a way that people ask about the hope that you have yeah. and then to be ready to share an answer with, um, with respect yeah. and gentleness yeah. um, to where that you're living in such a different way that your friends who don't understand your walk with God are saying, Hey, what's this all about? Sure. Like you, you, you live with such hope and peace. Yeah. Tell me about it. And yeah. it creates like beautiful opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I don't think we have to be like afraid of our friends not getting our relationship with God, yeah. but really em- embrace the reality um, of the world we're living in. Yeah. And you get to still love them where they are. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I, that also ties into another question that we got of how do you go about friendships who have different views than you mm-hmm. because of your Christian morals? Yeah, And yeah, uh, just to reiterate what Clay said, I feel like that that gap, that difference is mm-hmm. actually opportunity for you to share, Yeah, you know, and for you to process out loud. Like I remember in college, not really ever having to articulate that before mm-hmm. of why I live different. Yeah. And that was such a growing opportunity for me to learn to be able to actually articulate that to someone who's asking me to do something different mm-hmm. yeah. than what I feel like yeah. I'm supposed to do. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It's I think looking at those not just as like 
annoying or uncomfortable. I mean, they will be uncomfortable, but it is an opportunity yeah. for us to share mm-hmm. and to share the hope that we have in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Touching on the morals, I think um, the really big piece here is sometimes um, in like in being a Christian, people assume you have morals just because you think it's the right thing to do. And um, sometimes we like to use those morals to like bring quote truth to someone to tell them what they're doing wrong. Um, And I think Jesus is really clear. The reason that we don't partake or or do certain things that that look like the world is, is more about um, being in relationship with him and, and finding satisfaction in him rather than, I mean, I've searched the world, right? And it comes up empty. And so I I think what the cool conversation could be with those friends who don't understand your morals isn't, it's just a list of rules that I follow. It's, no, I keep coming up empty on that, and and I want to live differently, and I want to live in freedom, not bondage. And that is a completely different conversation than, I'm not going out with you on Friday night because what you're doing is wrong. It's, no, I'm not going out with you on Friday night because... I have searched the world and it's empty and I found Mm. something so much more satisfying than that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think identifying those places where maybe your morals are different, um, because the reality is, and I think we hear this a lot, but Mm -hmm. it's like, Hey, I have a conviction that I don't want to go out and, um, party on the weekends Mm -hmm. because I've searched the world and I found it's empty. Yeah. And so, but my friends, they're into that. And mm-hmm. so, well, I still want to be friends. So, okay, well, I'll go with them to party, but I just won't drink. Um, and the reality is if your conviction is you don't want to go out drinking on the weekends, um, then you probably shouldn't go to the parties with your friends who think it's, um, it is satisfying and it is the, the way that's going to make mm-hmm. you happy mm-hmm. because um, there's a contrast there. And so that's a place where we uh, get to actually use wisdom right? We get to use skill and living Mm -hmm. to say, Hey, that is my friend. And yeah, we see things different. Um, I'm going to love them and still be a friend of them, but I'm not going to go to parties with them every weekend because I know that's not what I want. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's some, there's a gap there. There's a a space there for people to see, um, how you live different and how you're I'm finding um, your joy and mm-hmm. your peace and your fulfillment mm-hmm. in your relationship with God. Yeah. Um, but then we, we also have to walk with wisdom there. Mm-hmm. And I think you probably know what, exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah that's for good. sure. Yeah. When I think so much of uh, what the world gets excited by is like the low hanging fruit. So like the, the low hanging fruit is, oh, if you're having a good time on the weekend, it must mean going out. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, there, there can be other things, yeah. you know, and it just might not be here's what the world mm-hmm. says is fun. And so to actually be able to say that and see that and have a reason for it. And it is an opportunity for you to to not just say the right thing, but to like mm. to live it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So one of the other questions here was, how do you explain your changing life? due to obeying God when your friends don't understand. Mm. And uh, what I love about this question is yeah. that it's like, it sounds like it's someone who's growing yeah. and who's like taking these steps. And yeah. it's like, my life is changing. Mm. How do I explain this to my friends? Mm. Your changing life will explain your obedience yeah. to God. <laughs> you know, the question I think answers the question yeah. mm-hmm. in a beautiful way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just, you let your changed life be a light yeah. and an explanation. Yeah. That's really cool. Uh, the last question here was, how can I be confident and open about my faith in front of my non-believing friends? Mm. So, gosh, this is so hard. 
um, because sometimes it can be really intimidating mm-hmm. to talk about faith in front of people who just don't get it. Sure. Um, but I think what's really important is the way that you're talking about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I, I kind of spoke to this earlier, but it's, it's almost, it comes across and this is what I think the church right now is being totally crucified for is it's like, y'all are so judgmental. Yeah. And I think right. when we are confident and open about our faith, I think that means like we're confident in our brokenness and we're confident of how God re- redeems yes, that. It's one. We're not confident in the fact that we are good right. and moral people. Yeah. We're confident that we are offering our lives to something greater um, and to a bigger cause, mm-hmm. to a God who takes broken things and makes them new. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think when you can speak to that, that's not going to come across judgmental. That's mm-hmm. not going to come across like I have it all together because yep. we don't. We're fooling ourselves if you think you have it all together in yeah. your faith. And um, I think when you freely speak about faith in that way, Mm -hmm. it is an invitation for someone to walk into it and say, what do you have that's different? Not, how can I be a better person? How can I take my broken things and lay them before a God who's going to restore that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I I don't have a whole lot more to say than what Maddie just shared, but I feel like how can you be confident about your faith in front of your non-believing friends? I'd say being confident in God, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and that sounds like the the answer you're supposed to have, but if you're confident of your decision to follow Jesus and you're Mm -hmm. confident, like you've seen the ways that he's working in your life and he's changing you, Mm -hmm. then that's evidence. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's part of the fear here is, well, how do I talk to my non-believing friends? Cause they're just not going to understand cause you feel like you have to prove something. Mm -hmm. Well, you won't have to prove something if they see transformation in your yeah. life. Yeah. If they yeah. see you becoming like a, a better person, mm-hmm. you know, it, not just a, a more rigid person, yeah. um, someone who is more of a rule follower or who does all the right things, like checks off the mm-hmm. boxes. No, if they see you becoming someone who's loving, mm-hmm. if yeah. they see the fruits of the spirit in your life, like love, joy, mm-hmm. peace, patience, kindness, mm-hmm. goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, mm-hmm. self-control, yeah. if they see any of that evidence yeah. in your life, yeah. like you're, you're not going to have to prove that to them. So mm-hmm. if you can be confident in God and in the way that he's working in you, then you'll be confident to not have to like prove something to someone, right. but to let them see. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool. It's like an invitation almost. It's like, hey, look and see how I'm different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so the next three questions all revolve around this idea of drifting in friendships. Mm-hmm. The first question hit me pretty hard when I read it. It says, why does God give us temporary friends? Mm. Mm. Well, I think this is actually a beautiful question. um, And there's a lot of context to it because friends can be temporary for a lot of different reasons. But I do believe that our God is a God of seasons. I think that's one of the the characteristics of God and the Mm -hmm. ways that we see God working throughout scripture. And um, I think God meets us in different seasons and Mm. I think he's able to provide exactly what we need Mm. and sometimes we have friends for just such a time as this Mm -hmm. you know and it's a friend who kind of pops in our life because they moved to our town and they're here on an internship and then they move away and it feels hard uh, when they move away but it's like man God God just knows like in that season to get to have that friendship you know and we talked about this reality of of enduring in our friendships and, and we really try to be clear that, hey, not every friendship is going to last forever, yeah. um, but the, the impact 
can be eternal, yeah. you know? And so, so man, sometimes there's friends. I mean, I, I had that, I had a friend who was a really close friend for, for a year. That was it. And, um, I still look back to that friendship of what I learned and we're still friends. We're just not as close cause we are not in the same city or state sure. or, you know, and we just don't have that time. But I think God is actually able to like meet us with friends in different seasons mm-hmm. for different, um, specific reasons and seasons. So, yeah. That still can be hard. Yeah. Um, but I think there's also beauty in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. The, the next question is, what do you do when a friendship is drifting apart or already has? Well, I think this question, the assumption is that you're in a relationship that's drifted apart that you don't want it to be. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's a that's a helpful thing to know. Um, and I think the important thing to realize is like, man, if you are in a friendship that is drifting and you don't want it to be, uh, the, the first step is to move towards, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, I think it's easy for me to recognize relationships that I've invested a lot in, in the past. And when I see them now, I almost feel guilty. Mm -hmm. I feel guilty because I forgot to text them back that one time, or I never called them back, or we used to hang out all the time and I just, you know, haven't had the time or made that same effort that I used to. And I can allow that awkwardness to just prevent me from saying anything at all. Mm -hmm. And something I've just been like pushing myself to do a lot over this year is to just do the hard thing. That's the right thing, Mm. you know? Yeah. And if that means I've got to like bite the bullet and just like, you know, text that person or call that person or, go out of my way to not like avoid that person in person, <laughs> mm-hmm. but to go to them and to, to say, Hey, and to mm-hmm. yeah. tell them that I've yeah. missed them or to apologize and say, Hey, I'm sorry. <laughs> I have been MIA recently and I'm sorry yeah. about that, you know? And mm-hmm. so to me, that's one of the first steps is to, to take a step towards if you, if you're in a drifting friendship and you don't want it to be that way, yeah, mm-hmm. be willing to take the first step. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My suspicion is that for most of us, when we have drifting friendships, we actually haven't even asked the question yeah. of, do I, do I want this friendship to mm-hmm. drift away or not? Yeah. I mean, I think, and I think it's a fair question. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that you, maybe it's not that, you know, there can be different reasons why a friendship is drifting, yeah. but um, to have that discernment to go, all right, um, not just that it's drifting, but is this, is this okay? Is this yeah. a natural drift? Is this, we just don't have the time anymore? Mm. Um, or is it, hey, no matter what, I don't want this friendship to grow apart. And so yeah. then that's the, all right, so I'm gonna step in. I'm, sure. gonna, I'm gonna fight for the friendship. Yeah. Um, but I would say like, I would encourage us to like use discernment to kind of step back for a second mm-hmm. and say, what's, what's going on here? Um, and is this friendship that is, I feel like is drifting. Is this, is this what I'm going to, I'm really going to press into mm-hmm. and then do exactly what you said, do yeah. the next hard thing, you know, yeah. have the conversation, send a text, make the phone call. Yeah. yeah. I think it's important here. I have one word for this and mm. it is grace, mm. um, grace for yourself when you feel inadequate in your friendships and to be able to tell the truth about how you felt in that and saying, sorry, like you were saying, Zach, yeah. Um, and extending grace to someone else who's in the same boat. And I think that, um, I think it's important when, when talking about a drifting friendship 
to recognize and to step in with understanding yeah. um, and with, with a lot of grace. And sometimes drifting is natural and that's okay. Um, but other times, like y'all are saying, it's worth fighting for. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I would go back and tell myself in college is it's not too late to reach out. Yeah. Mm, yeah. A lot of times I would think, okay, it's been a month since we've texted and I would um, the sting of guilt would come up when I would go to mm. text that person and it's been too long. Yeah. So then I wouldn't. Right. And so that only creates more distance and more drifting. And mm. so y'all, that's a part of truthful yeah. is it's, Hey, I'm, I'm sorry. Like Zach yeah. said, I'm sorry that it's been a month since I've texted you, yeah. but I'm here and I'm ready. Um, and mm. so I think that recognizing that it's, it's not too late. Um, I mean, that's the model that Jesus gives us. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Gosh, Maddie and Zach, what y'all just said is fire. It's really, (laughs) it's really, really good. So the last question we have in this category is kind of on the opposite side. It sounds like, um, what do you do when friends try to be too close and you've fallen apart from one another? So it sounds more Mm -hmm. so in this situation that, that you've created some space mm-hmm. because you felt like someone was being too close. Mm. What would you guys say about this one? feels like there's a, a question here for yourself. It's like, am I being defensive? Yeah. Like, have I put up a wall? Cause I got hurt. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe I got hurt by this person. I don't even, I kind of forgotten about it. It's just yeah. like deep in there. Mm-hmm. And so I don't, I don't want them to be close anymore. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so maybe the first you know, question is like a internal, like, am I, am I putting up a wall mm-hmm. where there shouldn't be a wall? Yeah. Um, but then if there, there is a reality, there's some, maybe some boundaries that have kind of fallen in some good places here, yeah. then, mm-hmm. then you have to be truthful. Sure. You have to tell that person how you feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe by just explaining like how you feel that they're trying to be too close and you're not, you're not there anymore. Yeah. That brings up the, what's kind of at the root of it mm-hmm. and yeah. kind of work that out. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. The, the first thing that comes to mind, because I feel like I've felt like this, uh, <laughs> where I have people that I used to be close with. And now when I feel like they're making attempts, mm. I'm like, right. You know, uh, what I sense in me is a little bit of unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. Maybe not a little bit, maybe a lot of unforgiveness. <laughs> so let's be just be real. Yeah, I'm being yeah. truthful. Here I am everyone. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think, yeah, for me, there's a lot of times where I can pick up yeah. those places where it's like, huh, that's, maybe that's what's going on is mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not willing to forgive or I'm yeah. wanting someone to like sit in that feeling of mm. you made me yeah. feel a certain way. Yeah. So now I want you to sit there for yeah. a little while, Keep working at it. you know, so not, not to assume, but I, I would, I, de- I would definitely try and check yourself to mm-hmm. see like, is there some unforgiveness in my heart? Yeah. And if, if that's the case, then you've got to address that. Yeah. It's like Clay said, you've got to be truthful and yeah. you've got to seek to restore that. Um, but on the other side, you know, um, if there's not, you still might need to have a, a conversation to just let them know of like, I love you. I, I hold nothing against you. And to not leave that person with this doubt or this mm. um, guilt, like they did something wrong. Because if there's really nothing that they did wrong, then that person shouldn't be carrying around the, the guilt uh, that they that they might feel from this like friendship that's grown apart. Yeah. You know, so removing all doubt which just requires a conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, if we haven't gotten deep enough, we're gonna dive into friendship pain and healing. So the first question we got is, how do you get over the pain of when someone ends a strong friendship? Gosh, this question 
I mean, you can almost feel the weight of it when it's asked because it means that there's hurt and um, that someone's hurt you and it feels awful. Um, and I think we can all say we've been in that place of where a friendship was going super well yeah. and then um, someone ends it for whatever reason or puts up boundaries that you run into that hurt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and gosh, it can be so painful. Mm-hmm. And so for the person who asked this question, you're not the only one feeling yeah. this. Mm-hmm. And um, it can take time. It can take a lot of time to heal that. And I think Zach and Clay um, can speak to this, but just know that if you're in the throes of that pain um, in friendship or any place for that matter, that you're not alone in that. um, And that, gosh, that's where God enters right Mm -hmm. into that, that space and that pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a friendship that ends um, and it ends not because you want it to end, it, like that is going to be painful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think um, not trying to deny like the the hurt yeah. mm-hmm. um, or think you just need to like kind of brush it off, mm-hmm. I think is the key to um, to getting through the pain. Maybe that's a better way of thinking of it than getting over the pain. Sure. Um, because it is painful. And I think one, one of the things that we've talked a lot about around here, even just maybe as staff, is like uh, grief. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like the art of grieving. Like if you lose a friend um, because the friendship just ends, there's going to be some grieving that needs to happen. And that's not um, ignoring it, um, but recognizing that that's that's hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And when we get to that place, when we're truthful with ourselves, that's when we go, all right, God, I need you here. Like this hurts. And we let God into that place. And we actually walk in dependence on him instead of um, independence and us trying to get over the pain. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I'll say something, and it might not be helpful if you're in this moment right now, but something I have done uh, just at the beginning of the year, I wrote down a list of things that I was thankful for that I don't have in my life anymore, you mm-hmm. know? And so it's past things that I was grateful for that um, I've actually also experienced the loss of. Mm-hmm. And something that I acknowledged is if it's something that I was really grateful for as a part of my life, then it was a blessing to me yeah. at a certain point, yeah. Yeah. you know? And even just the fact that, yeah, I had something that I was really grateful for. Um, even when you don't have it anymore, it can just make you thankful that you had it while you did, mm-hmm. you know? And that is yeah. going to be life. You will have things that you're grateful for that won't be around forever. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean you just live in fear of, well, what if I never experienced something like that again? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you, you can't live that way. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're um, called to live with hope, you know? So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. one thing that I've learned when it comes specifically to like friendship pain is for all the friendship pain that I've had in my lifetime, man, I can, I can say like right now I have friends that I'm so grateful for. Um, friendships that I didn't expect, uh, friendships that I didn't see coming, friendships that came out of nowhere. And so for the friendship pain that I've experienced, I've also been like blessed beyond measure mm-hmm. of friends that kind yeah. of showed up out of nowhere that have been so surprising and so helpful in specific seasons. And mm-hmm. Clay said this earlier, but there's a season for everything. And um, I think God's faithful to meet us in those seasons with exactly what we need. Yeah. Not always what we want. <laughs> right. And so we never want to experience pain. <laughs> we never want to experience friendship pain. But I think that God is the giver of every good and perfect gift, and he gives us a lot of gifts in friendship. And so just know that if you're 
not where you want to be right now, that you just don't know what, what's coming down the road next week or next month or next mm-hmm. year that God's going to give you exactly when you need it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I think in our pain too, we can allow bitterness to set in towards yeah. another human, sure. towards another person or that friend. And I think it's so important. And in the moments of your pain to still hold that person in highest esteem, yeah. doesn't mean you're going to be best friends. Um, mm-hmm just means that from your viewpoint, you can let go of the bitterness and not harbor things that are going to be yeah. toxic to yourself yeah. right. or replaying things you should have done or should have said. Sure. But instead going, I'm going to hold that person and love that person from right where I am right now in the highest esteem yeah. and ask God to meet me to, to keep bitterness from settling in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I want to move on to a, a similar question but maybe just a little bit different. It sounds like this is maybe before the pain of losing a friend. It's what to do with jealousy and disappointment that stirs when you feel like a friend doesn't care. And I feel like that is a question that is a lot of times what ends up in, you know, friends going different ways is, is what you said, Maddie is, is bitterness and bitterness that comes from jealousy or disappointment. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So how can we handle those things so that we don't just end up bitter? I know we've already said it a lot, but it, it, it's really helpful that we came up with the idea of true friends because I think what does need to happen is there does need to be a truthful conversation. Mm-hmm. Like the this is where the T, the R, the U, the E comes mm-hmm. into place because, yeah, you're, you're going to need to be truthful, but not just truthful for the sake of destroying someone, but truthful for the sake of building trust and building mm-hmm. up the relationship and um, being restorative for the sake of being in a right relationship mm-hmm. and being understanding for the sake of unity mm-hmm. and enduring for the sake of eternity. It's its all of those things. And Clay talked about this last week in his message, but this was something that I learned several years ago and I apply it in so many contexts, um, so many relationships. Um, and anytime I need to have a difficult conversation with someone else, I use this kind of series of questions mm-hmm that helps you to have a difficult conversation without just blaming someone else or throwing them under the bus. Mm -hmm. And it's these series of statements that start, when you, I feel, I wish, because. And when you do that, you're able to talk to someone in a way where you can express how you feel without just destroying them. Mm -hmm. And also to, to gain understanding for the sake of your relationship. You know, so you can say, hey, when you said this, I felt this like you didn't cause me to feel this way. But when you said this, this is how it made me feel Mm -hmm. because someone can reject like, hey, I didn't make you feel that way. But what they can't reject is the fact, hey, I felt this way when you said this to me, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. or when you didn't show up to this and you told me you were going to like, this is how I felt. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying this is what you did or this was your intention, but this is how I felt. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I wish that you wouldn't have said that, or I wish you would have showed up because I care about you, because you are like a really important friend in my life. And so you can just see how when you, when you use those statements, when you, I feel, I wish, because, you can really walk out that idea of being a true friend and not just making someone feel bad and not just getting your feelings off your chest, but really looking to build and grow your, your friendship to the, to be the way you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we'll get to this a little bit more as we answer a few more questions, but 
I think there's a reality that some people um, uh, hold and carry their burdens, what's difficult, in a way that sometimes other people don't even see it or know it. Yeah. And so sometimes you're wanting someone to care for you and they have no idea that you're not okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the number of times I've been in conversations like that or have heard that and someone shares, hey, this is how I've been feeling. And the other person goes, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? It's like, it's not that they didn't care. It's just that they didn't know there was something that needed specific care for. Yeah. And so, again, having conversations, being truthful, lets people in yeah. to care for you. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we just assume they don't care or we mm-hmm. see them caring for everyone else. And maybe because some of other friends are better at showing it, like they're more outward with like things are hard or maybe yeah. um, they are more expressive. And I think for myself, that's where I fall is that some of those don't share what's really going on. Yeah. I try to act like I have it all together. I, I wish everyone would care for me but I'm not even actually like letting anyone into that. And so, um, I think before we just continue to harbor jealousy and disappointment, we've got to like let people know how we're really doing. Yeah, for sure. To let them have the opportunity to care for us. Yeah. Another important question I feel like we got is how do you get over the fear of being a burden when reaching out for help from a friend? Mm -hmm. Mm. It makes me think of a passage in Galatians that talks about, um, bearing each other's burdens. Mm. Mm but at the end of the paragraph it says that each each one should bear his own burden mm. and it's like wait which which is it like do we just bear each other's burdens or is it like all my responsibility mm. and there's a there's a duality to it that i might be an overwhelming burden to someone mm. if i'm doing nothing else about it and i'm just asking them mm. to carry the full weight of this burden yeah like they can't carry that like no friend can carry your burden fully yeah. you have to bear some of that weight yeah the reality is you can't bear that weight, sure. but Jesus can, yeah. right? And so mm-hmm. it's when, man, we are letting God into like the burdens in mm-hmm. our life, the difficulty, and we take responsibility by giving that to him. Yeah. And then we also let our friends in. I don't think you're going to be an overwhelming burden to someone. Yeah. I think they're going to be able to step into that place with you. And that's when they get to shoulder that load together. Mm-hmm. And so don't just put it all on your friends. Yeah. Don't expect yeah. them to be able to carry it all. They can't. Yeah. Yeah. But together, mm-hmm. especially with Jesus, being a part of that equation in your life. Mm-hmm. I think that friends, they're actually made for those moments. Yeah. Probably even more than you, than you give them credit for. Yeah. Mm. That's good. Okay. So the last question in this section is how can you heal broken friendships? I read this the other day. It was a quote by Henry Nowen, and it said the first command for community is to forgive each other for not being God. Hmm. Wow. And I feel like when it comes to healing broken friendships, what's needed is forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy for us to dwell on the things and the ways that we've been hurt, we've been wronged, but I think we can recognize that Mm -hmm. none of us are perfect and we all have a higher calling Mm -hmm. and God's faithful to complete the work that he's begun in us, but we're not there yet. And so just as we can live in this confidence that God doesn't expect us to have it all figured out just yet, that we can extend that grace, what Maddie talked about before to someone else. Like we can give someone else grace for not having it all figured out yet because Mm -hmm. we haven't figured it all out yet. Mm -hmm. But if you hold someone to that level of perfection, it's what we talked about week one of true friends. When we expect our friends to be perfect, we make friendship impossible. Mm -hmm. And so if we expect our friends to be God, 
we'll be disappointed every yeah. time. Yeah. And it maybe even reveals how we make friendships idols yeah. in our lives. And so recognizing that if we're holding our friends to this perfect standard, we're actually making our friends idols. And we're not supposed to have any God other than God, and we can make our friendships God. Mm-hmm. So I think forgiveness, grace is necessary. Mm-hmm. And that's not quick, and it's not no. easy, Mm-mm. and it's not comfortable, yeah. but it is necessary yeah. if you want to heal broken friendships. Mm-hmm. That's so good, Zach. I finished a book this weekend that talked about the difference between a cure and and healing Mm -hmm. and um, how a cure, we look for quick fixes, but healing, it's really inefficient. It takes a lot of time and it's highly relational. Mm -hmm. And so she compared it to like a meandering river or a uh, taking a a not well lit path. It's just like, you don't know exactly what healing looks like, Mm -hmm. but we are called to that slow process of healing with each other not to take someone else's pain and say, okay, I'm going to quick fix this. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, doesn't look like that. And so exactly what you're saying, Zach, is it is a slow process, but we are, we are called to enter into it. Yeah. And healing is painful. Yeah. Like healing, yeah. healing can require dressing, addressing wounds and yeah. dressing wounds yeah. and doing it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. But that healing is going to prove so worthwhile. Yeah. And Clay mentioned this in his message last week that on the other side of difficult conversation yeah. is, is depth. Yeah. And so on the other side of that healing in a friendship could possibly be one of the strongest, most full of life and, and deep friendship. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Going back to the analogy of a wound, I think it's easy for us to think, ooh, they hurt me, so I just need some space. I need some space. And it's not that you don't need some space, but it's it's not relying on space to actually heal something, mm-hmm. you know? Because yeah. when you have a wound that's infected and you give it space, it festers, mm-hmm. which is just a disgusting word. <laughs> But like, that's what happens and that's what happens in your heart. Mm -hmm. And that's what's happened in my heart Mm -hmm. so many times where I allow something to happen and I allow bitterness to set in and you only make it more difficult the the longer you wait. So, Mm -hmm. so don't think of space and spending a lot of time away as something that's going to be curative to your relationship because it most likely won't be. Mm -hmm. What happens when I have too much space is I... I perfect all my words to say exactly what I want to say and to feel exactly how I want to feel and to to have reasons behind how I feel and to feel really confident, which is preparing me to be very unforgiving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So just recognizing that, that space and time, um, is only helpful to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I'd say as quick as you can, Mm -hmm. as quick as you can have the hard conversation, the message translation of Ephesians 4 that we talked about in our community groups the other night was so beautiful because it said, be quick and thorough to forgive as Jesus forgave us. Mm. And that has stuck with me so hard because what first got me was thorough, was like being Uh thorough to forgive someone. But then I'm like, oh, but what if I also have to be quick? Like not only do I have to like not be selective about what I forgive, no, I have to be Mm. quick to do it. And the more I think about that, it's because I've got to be quick before bitterness sets in because bitterness sets in so quickly. Mm -hmm. So like, what if I instead replace that quickness to be offended and that quickness to want to 
prove myself right and to make someone else feel bad, what if I was quick to forgive? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't have exactly what that looks like because I'm still learning to like practice that and do that. But man, the, the, the quicker you can forgive, the more yeah. thoroughly you, you can forgive, yeah. the more like Jesus you're going to be. And if you're like Jesus, Jesus was the healer, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so I'm not saying you're going to be the one that heals your relationships, but if you're like Jesus, I mean, there's probably going to be some healing around mm-hmm. the people that you spend time with, mm-hmm. the people that you care about. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks for joining us in part one of our friendship Q&A. You all asked some great and also difficult questions. Next week, we'll be back to discuss friendship pain and healing, toxic friendships and boundaries. So get ready. Until next time, we hope you have a great week and we hope that today's conversation will help you to take another step in your walk with God. I'm going to shoot my shot here. (laughs) That's awesome.